There is too much to read, there is too much to do. My productivity is at war with my Netflix queue. Read all that I could read, saw that I could see. Finish the internet. Wait, hold on. Oh, yeah, that thing. The next time we hang out, I'll unburden myself. My money can't rest till then. Oh, it's time, it's time, bro, yeah. That thing again. Hello, this is Oh Yeah, That Thing, the podcast where we finally get around to that thing we heard about a while ago. I'm Pei. I'm Audrey. Wee! Yay! <laughs> We're here, it's yeah. happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's like every time we, we do this, it's, it's, it, there's always something that makes it feel like, what's happening? <laughs> Uh, true. Well, that's just life, I feel like. That's just life in the middle of a pandemic, I guess. Sure is. Sure Yay. is. Mm-hmm. Though I do take comfort knowing that, like, the reimposed restrictions will literally not affect how I've been living my life, so that means I've been doing all right. Because exactly. if it is, then maybe um, you're the problem. Yeah, I have been seeing a lot of tweets. Like, if your life is is being drastically affected by things like starting to kind of close back down again, then you're the reason we're closing back down. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's just yeah. Well, we had again considered doing this in person, distanced and everything, Mm -hmm. but we looked at the situation and decided not to yeah. <laughs> it's like um also today well i woke up this morning and it was a little wet outside so i was like maybe it's a good thing that we didn't that could be a yeah it is getting wet and colder i guess yeah. um but it is uh yeah it's lots of assessment all the time i don't want to assess anything anymore in late 2021 hopefully (laughs) yeah Uh, just for anything (laughs) i here's a stupid story so there are these vegan hot dogs (laughs) nice (laughs) um they're called upton's naturals up dog Uh uh-huh and I was very excited when these hot dogs uh, were, came out earlier this year because I like a, a snap casing, like a snappy casing, right, uh, uh-huh. for my hot dog. And that was their big thing. Like, they, they have the snap. Oh, nice. But they weren't nationally distributed for a long time. Then they were finally available in Target, like, last month. Mm-hmm. And they were literally in stock in the Target up the road. Mm-hmm. And it took me about three weeks to decide if it was safe enough for me to go into a Target and buy these hot dogs. <laughs> and I was like, okay, if I go, I can't just buy hot dogs. I have to make it worthwhile. <laughs> so I went in. And thankfully, I went into, like, the right section. And, like, the refrigerated section was, like, right there. Mm-hmm. I just, I literally got all the hot dogs I had left. <laughs> and a bunch of, like dumplings and stuff and Mm -hmm. pringles so i was like okay this seems all right i'm stocking up for later (laughs) Uh froze most of it and they're really good hot dogs nice what are they enjoyed them made out of i believe they're seitan based nice yeah but they had a good flavor and it wasn't like the kind of 
trying to imitate a hot dog flavor exactly. It just had like a really nice combo of spices and stuff. Okay, cool. Because sometimes I, I like various kinds of fake meats, but I feel like when they're trying too hard to be the meat, mm-hmm. it's hit or miss. Yeah. So I appreciate when they're like, no, this is just, this just tastes good. Yeah. It's in the shape of a hot dog. <laughs> you can put it on a hot dog bun. <laughs> yeah. And the casing does get the uh, crispy. Which is oh, nice. nice. Cool. Yeah. So I recommend. Yummy. But they might not have them at the Target because I bought them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so... Anything with you? Um, no, I, uh, my life is just go down to the basement and work (laughs) every day. (laughs) It's getting really cold down there and I'm wondering what people would think if I started wearing gloves. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Uh, no one would super notice, but I've also taken to just wrapping myself in a blanket, um, during work. (laughs) <laughs> like you have now mine is not as exciting as yours which is it's sailor moon yep nice yeah mine's just a boring checkered blanket but Lame. it does make me look like an old lady when i'm wrapped up in my blanket and i'm like typing <laughs> i would not judge you for wearing gloves because i would definitely wear like fingerless gloves when i go to the office in the winter mm-hmm. so yeah whatever it is winter in my basement so yeah, I think they would have to understand, and they know that I'm on the East Coast, where it's cooler than where they are on the West Coast. So, true. Yeah, and if but... they can't handle it, well, too bad. You're gonna keep doing it. Yeah. Not gonna get frostbite. Take these notes. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if I got frostbite in my face? <laughs> God, that would be there'd be so much wrong with that. <laughs> At least you have a puppy to keep you company sometimes. That's true. Well, she doesn't like me as much as she likes my brother. So. <laughs> oh, I no. Think she, I think she likes me enough, but if it was like a choice between spending the day lying on the floor near me or lying on the floor near him, it's definitely him that she chooses. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I guess that's the thing with dogs. They, <laughs> they have favorites and they make it known. Exactly. That's why I kind of... Um, when I was living with roommates, I had considered, I was like, oh, it might be nice to have a cat, but I'm very, I don't know if it's selfish is the right word, but I was like, "Mm, I kind of want the cat to like me best. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm going to get a cat when I live by myself and they have no other choice but to like me best. (laughs) It would be pretty heartbreaking if you got a cat and then they're like, no, I like this person better. Like, but we're moving. I'm like, no, I'm not moving. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> that would really bum me out. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, but she is a very sweet dog, and she, she like, oscillates between v- being very hyperactive because she's still a puppy, and then just, like, sleeping all the time, which I'm like, mm-hmm. what a life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, she's a cutie. Yeah, we can. We keep talking about fostering a cat. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting more serious and closer to 
figuring out when that'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just vague. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're like, okay, well, we need to make sure this is not here and we can't have that. Yeah. <laughs> we got to put stuff on this shelf to make sure they don't try and jump on it. And... <laughs> but I still don't know when. Yeah. But it's like more floating in the ether now, the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Just want a little cuddle, buddy. Yeah. Why not? And if it's a if it's a good matchup, then we can adopt it. And if it's not, then we'll keep them warm and fed until someone else wants them. Yeah, exactly. I uh, oh oh when we went to get our current dog, uh, the family that was fostering her was like, yeah, we gotten pretty attached. Um, it was almost a foster fail, which I had never. I think that's what she called it, and I'd never heard that that phrase before but I guess it's just like oh I think it's when you are fostering but then you're like never mind I'm gonna keep it I like it too much oh yeah it's not a foster fail it found a home (laughs) (laughs) or maybe I'm saying the wrong term but I think that's what she said but but I was like what does that mean and then I thought about it and I was like I guess that's what she meant by that like we almost kept her I guess yeah I like if the end goal I mean if you decide to foster and then you end up adopting every single animal you're fostering, then yeah, that's a, yeah. a failure and you shouldn't be fostering animals. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe she already had like four dogs. Like, well, maybe we should keep this one too. And you're like, someone else wants it. That's probably for the best. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just, yeah, I like cats, but I, I've been very lucky with the cats that I've had in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never had a cat that yowls all through the night. And I know they <laughs> exist. Uh-huh. And I just, you know, when you when you meet an animal in the shelter, it's very different mm-hmm. than when they finally get comfortable around you and show their true selves. Yeah. <laughs> so we just, it's, it's like any relationship. You got to test it out. Yeah, yeah, true, true. You just got to date the cat for a little bit. <laughs> they feel comfortable to show you who they really are and then uh yeah <clears throat> but yeah it is yeah i think doing kind of a trial period does kind of, it does make sense yeah because it's it's even with like and i think we've talked about this before but even with this dog i'm i'm because i'm like oh do i want a cat do i want a dog just thinking into the future when i have a, my my own place and all that stuff and with I had to like pick up her poop like a week or so ago and I was like I don't want to talk (laughs) (laughs) it smells so horrible I don't want to do this like a couple times a day um but then she's so like cute and cuddly and I'm like oh I do want a dog and (laughs) then it's like cold outside and I and I like do one of her walks every day and I'm like I don't want a dog I don't have to go outside when it's cold (laughs) I I was getting slightly seduced by the idea of getting a dog, which hadn't happened in a long, long time, because I wanted one when I was a kid, and then we got a cat, and then I became a full-on cat person. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I don't know, it would be kind of nice to have a like, cute dog that looks like an old person, because <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite kind of dog, a dog uh-huh. that looks old as hell. Uh-huh. Um, but then a year ago... Um, friends of ours got a dog and they had to go out of town for like a weekend and so they asked us to dog sit and house sit and we're like sure and we're like this can be like a little test run for mm-hmm. how we feel about having a dog and we're both like nah. <laughs> no no 
This is only like three days and I was already tired by the last day. I'm like, yeah. oh, you have to take a shit again. <laughs> but it's raining. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he's a very cute dog, but I was like, this is not enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Granted, cat shit can also be rank as hell. Yeah, that's true. And you do, but there's something about like having to like put your hand in that bag and like you're not touching it, but you're still touching it. Whereas you can at least scoop a, some cat poop. Yeah. Right? And it's always like it. warm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just don't need that. I just don't need that sensation. No. no. So kudos to dog owners, but it's not for me. Mm-mm, I don't think so. I keep, of course, I keep fluctuating, and I'll be fluctuating until I leave this place. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess it's also, like, it's kind of like kids, right? When it's your kid, it's different, and Mm -hmm. when it's your dog, it's different, I suppose. So if if somehow either of those two things accidentally happened, (laughs) I'm sure it'd be different. But for now, you know, (laughs) I I could be the aunt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dog aunt and human aunt. Dog aunt, exactly. Yeah. Like a true werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Anyway. Uh, so we were going to talk about something else we instead sure of our were. actual topic. <laughs> Which... Uh, we were supposed to read um, The House of Spirits by Isabel Allende, which is, you know, a classic novel, mm-hmm. very important novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just, it's so hard to read. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and I, I, I think we both started it, right? Yeah, I got like... I think Goodreads said I was 30% of the way through or something like that. <laughs> oh, okay. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. I I didn't I don't think I got that far. I don't know. I I kept fluctuating between reading the physical book and the audiobook. Mhm. But I definitely wasn't very far in and mm-hmm. it was it was good and it was definitely picking up. Yeah. But sometimes with like I guess capital L literature is what I would mm-hmm. consider it. You have to be in a mood, right? Definitely. Yeah. Fly through it, no matter mm-hmm. how good it is. Yeah. And I think that was my issue this time. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. And and I also am like, I really just am in a, I used to, I mean, I still love reading, but I used to be such a, like, a big time reader when I was um, younger. And... <clears throat> Now it's just, there's something I enjoy, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, but, like, most of the time what I want to do to, like, relax and unwind is watch TV, um, and then usually it's at night, and usually I do that for a few hours, and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm tired now, it's time to go to bed, it's not, like, time to pick up my book and read, <laughs> so, I don't know, it's just, it's become less of a, I guess less of a priority, I don't know, but I, but I also kind of miss reading. Like, as much as I used to. Um, yeah. There there have been... I've, I've been reading a lot more this year than I have in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Both because we have the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and also just because I, I consciously made the decision that I wanted to read more. Mm-hmm. 
uh, prose, if you will, because uh-huh. I've been reading comics, you know, the whole time. Uh-huh. And it's really a genre thing. Certain genres I can speed through when they're great. Like a good romance novel for me, I can, I'll just read the whole day mm-hmm. and try to finish it in one sitting. Yeah. Um, so there have been a few of those, and YA, obviously, is always a little easier to read, too. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of stuff I can speed through. And that's kind of what I've been sticking to. And I feel like I've been reading romance novels almost exclusively for, like, two years now for that reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's why I was like, I need to read something else. Uh-huh. And I'll get back to it. Yeah. I, I think... Um, maybe that's what I need to do. Cause I, I'm trying to think about what I have read this year and I, none of them I really sped through. Um, and maybe just cause it wasn't quite what, well, I kind of, I did read one romance novel at the top of the year or, and maybe the third to all the boys I loved before book, which was like that kind <laughs> of fluff, like it, it kind of tickles the same part of my brain that I think watching TV does like. Uh, so maybe that's what I need to do is like lean into like more YA and, and romance and stuff like that. Like maybe. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, I think that that's, it's kind of a good way to put it. It, it tickles a different part of the brain. Like yeah. the, the same part that enjoys like romantic comedies or that not easy genre yeah. Because obviously writing a good romantic comedy is hard as hell. Yeah. Because there's a lot of bad ones, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Both in movies and in books. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's it's a certain... I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know how this to... This is why I don't write anymore, because I can't find words. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. And it's like... Because obviously reading in most forms is like a form of entertainment. And and it wasn't like House of Spirits was not entertaining, but it was like a different kind of. It's like it's like watching. Um, I think it's the difference between watching, like a like a rom com or like an action movie or something like that, and watching like, like a prestige movie the kind that would be nominated mm. for an Oscar. Um, yeah. Or that like, and not that the material is heavy, but it kind of has that that sort of like oh I'm like using some sort of different kind of intellect to engage with this book than I would be if I was reading like a, a page turner kind of yeah. maze runner or whatever or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I, I I don't know if we'll finish it for the podcast. So maybe I I should save this for that. But I think I also struggled a little bit because it was very rapey. Yeah, they were <laughs> <laughs> The beginning was so rapey, and that's very difficult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I laugh, to, <laughs> but um, there wasn't anything funny about it, and I, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, so that that's how early on I still am. I'm still, in, uh, maybe it, it continues to be rapey, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm still in very rapey parts of the book. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. It, yeah, it's not, like, fun if that's yeah. the right term to use yeah yeah but um that's kind of like I, I did kind of write a little bit about it in my between things I had really wanted to um to 
kind of lean into the genres I like, like fantasy and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I was looking for a lot of like, I was looking for like black female mm-hmm. authors to read who write fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. And so that book that I read earlier this year that I wrote about on, on Between Things, I was like, oh, I kind of like this. I love it. Um, and now I can't remember the point of me bringing this up, but, <laughs> but I do have some, <laughs> but I have bought like some other, at least one other book that's in that genre written by a black woman. So I'm kind of hoping that if I kind of explore that more, that I might find more like the kind of fun page turny kind of like exciting mm-hmm. sci-fi fantasy kind of thing that, that I do tend to like and kind of want to read a little bit more. That's not just like Harry Potter and like just see like other like modes of magic and and stuff like that that other people come up with yeah i sci-fi fantasy isn't my they're not my biggest genres in general Mm -hmm. um but i am trying to read more of it as well maybe that's why i was like this is the time to read what we're actually going to talk about when we get to it eventually (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, and, and I think that that is probably what it is, that I need to actively seek out non-white male authors, <laughs> which if I, I, I should not say non-white male authors, because as I learned freshman year of college, that means you're othering everyone else. So actively seek out by POC is it BIPOC or BIPOC? I've heard both, and I don't know if I like either. I've never actually heard it said out loud. I've just read it, and it took me a long time to look it up and be like, what does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I like its intention, but I'm, I, I don't know how I feel about it. But, yeah. But that doesn't matter, because that's what we have. <laughs> that's what we have is the phrase for now. Yeah. Um, and more women or gender non-conforming or non-binary authors as well. Um, Yeah. Some of that white guy sci-fi is just... That's the thing, too, is... Because I I was trying to find, like... And maybe this isn't the right way to do it, but it was, was like, okay, so a couple years ago I read the His Dark Materials trilogy for the first time, or at least the original trilogy... That's like the Golden Compass and oh, the okay. other two books. Yeah. Um, and so I was I was like, oh, so one thing I'm figuring out about myself is I really like, uh, I guess it would be fantasy. Fantasy novels that have like other world spoilers for people who don't know about <laughs> that book. But like just like alternate universes and stuff like that and like a multiverse kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. And I guess that's maybe like a little bit like when I think back to when I read Narnia, like the idea of like walking into a wardrobe and being in this like kind of like parallel universe was really fascinating mm-hmm. and then that book that I forced you and Sarah to read that you guys both hated that was like uh, adult Narnia <laughs> <laughs> even though I also kind of hated it I read all three books because I was like this is cool they're going to another world so I was like okay no, like this. <laughs> I hated it but I read it anyway why because <laughs> I was like so that's why I figured out that I was like okay so I'm craving <laughs> that's fair fair yeah okay. this sort okay. of this sort of story where people go to like different like parallel universes or stuff like that so that's what that's I haven't found anything exactly like that in my like um search for that kind of book but I was like okay I think this genre is fantasy that's what I'm getting at and and I seem to enjoy something like that because I guess Harry Potter is also considered fantasy 
Um, mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know that sci-fi is really necessarily my, my thing because I, I know that they're like similar but also kind of different. But anyway, so that that was kind of where I was coming from, where I was like, oh, so this is a type of story that I seem to enjoy. So I'm going to try and seek out something along those lines that's written by this specific type of person. I'm, my bubble was pretty small for at least that type of thing, but mm-hmm. that's what I was like going for, like trying to figure out what I like and then trying to find other people who aren't just like straight white men who are yeah. writing those kinds of stories. Yeah. Yeah. And on, on that note, yeah. I don't know if he's straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what we ended up actually reading for this episode um, was the first trade collection of Saga, mm-hmm. which is a comic written by Brian K. Bond and illustrated by Fiona Staples. Mm-hmm. Um this is a comic that when it came out, I wanted to read. And okay. then when people I knew were reading it, they told me I should read it. And okay. then I was like, totally. And then cut to eight years later, I still haven't <laughs> read it. So <laughs> um, that's generally my relationship with this comic, which is mm-hmm. ridiculous because... I can literally see two saga covers framed on the wall over there. <laughs> and I have made a plushie of one of the characters from oh, this really? book for someone else, <laughs> for my partner. And I can see it uh-huh. from right here as well. <laughs> so I had no excuse. Uh-huh. I definitely had access to it. <laughs> and I had vague knowledge of what it was. Uh-huh. But I just, I don't know. I don't know why I, I didn't get to it and I knew Brian K. Vaughn from like Why the Last Man and Fiona Staples from her um, Archie restyling from that started a couple years ago but okay that was that was how I came to this nice um, I don't know if you had heard of it before or if this is one that I was like let's do this and you're like okay <laughs> yes I had never heard of it before but I did realize that uh he wrote Paper Girls, which has been on my list because a friend of mine had, was working on the uh, the TV <clears throat> adaption that just got ordered, or adaptation, that just got ordered earlier this year by Amazon. Um, oh, Yeah, cool. so a, a good friend of mine got the chance to write on it, and so I'd been meaning to read it uh, for whenever the show ends up coming out, um, and I still haven't gotten around to it yet, so maybe that can be another thing <laughs> i don't know if yeah. you've read paper girls uh, i've read the first trade oh, okay. um that was one of the few that i was actually getting single issues because for a while i was doing single issue comics boy howdy um <laughs> was it partially that i kept doing it to talk to the guy who worked behind the counter who now uh i live with yeah maybe <laughs> but you know it, it, it wasn't the only reason <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I, I enjoyed Paper Girls, and it was... I, I won't talk too much about it because you haven't read it yet, but I think you will like it. It's cool. Um, I've, in general, have enjoyed now three series that Brian Kimon's written. Uh-huh. 
uh, as I'm aware of. I'm also bad at remembering authors, so for all I know, I might have read something else. <laughs> uh-huh. But for those who don't know what Saga is, I guess it's important to uh, tell you. <laughs> so Saga is a comic book, as we mentioned. It The first issue came out in 2012, and it is like a sci-fi fantasy combo Mm -hmm. because there is space and there's magic and technology and all that good stuff Mm -hmm. um and the kind of general inciting incident is that there are two people alana and marco who are on two sides of this war that's being fought across the galaxy between a landmass planet uh landfall and one of the orbited moons mm-hmm. um oh wow i just blanked on what the moon was called uh, some wreath wreath yes mm-hmm. thank you um and so they the war originally started where they were fighting on wreath and on landfall and then they decided mm, if we destroy either of these uh we will both lose because we will no longer be able to orbit uh <laughs> so they decided to <laughs> outsource their wars to the rest of the galaxy. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, Alana is a land Fallian and Marco is from Wreath. And Wreath is sort of like a the people there use magic and Landfall is more the tech side of things. Mm-hmm. And then they meet during the war. They uh, fall in love and that's how we meet them at the beginning. They are in the middle of uh, birthing a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the two sides of the war uh, find out, essentially, that they have run off together and that they have mated. <laughs> and they, everyone wants to get their hands on the baby and mm-hmm. to kill them. So that's how it starts. And that's generally what's happening. So they're getting chased around. At least in the parts that uh, we got through. Yeah. So that was a very bad description of what this <laughs> I, book is. I thought that was, that was good. I thought it encompassed the general uh, story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed that first page <laughs> of Alana screaming, am I shitting myself? <laughs> or am I shitting? Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is very fun. Uh, but, so this is one that we saw was on Hoopla. So I guess you read it completely electronically. I did. Um, I think I've told you this before, but when I've read, I haven't read very many many comics, but also I remembered last night that there was a, a time in my life where I was reading Archie comics. So it's it's not like it's been completely absent from my life. But when mm-hmm. I was reading Watchmen, for example, a graphic novel, I had a hard time. I just wasn't familiar. I felt weird reading the format. Like, I was like, which box? I like, which box do I read next? Which is mm-hmm. kind of silly. I think it's definitely laid out in the way you're supposed to read it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but one thing, this is my first time reading a uh, graphic novel that's made for a digital format. And one thing that you could do is, like, you could kind of flip through the... The frames? What do you call the box? Is there a panels. Name for it? Panels, yes. So you could kind of like have it so it just brings up each panel in order as you like flip through. And I kind of liked reading it like that. Um, 
uh, and it also helped me to not like focus on what was happening in the other panels and just look at what was happening in the one panel I was supposed to be reading. Um, cause mm. I think that was another thing I tended to do was be like, wait, what's going on down there when I'm supposed to be <laughs> reading what's up there. But then when I was like flipping through it last night, just to like think about it again, I was like, well, it's not that hard <laughs> to read it when just like a full page <laughs> format. But so I think I, I liked that that was an option. I thought it was pretty cool, but I think I can also read it the other way. <laughs> yeah. So I, I split mine electronically and print, mm-hmm. um, one, because I wanted to just have the experience of reading it on my phone for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I used that feature, too, that the panel feature, mm-hmm. just because reading a whole page on my phone is impossible. Yeah. It's too small, and I don't have a tablet. Mm-hmm. But I do still definitely enjoy the... Uh, oh, it's so pretty. This is like the special yeah. edition hardcover yeah. that collects the first three trades. And oh, it was really definitely, pretty. yeah, it was much more enjoyable to read it this way. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, it just, it reads better. Yeah. Improved, it's so glossy and pretty. <laughs> yeah. It's very nice. It, it yeah. does justice to the, the art a lot more. Because mm-hmm. even like the resolution on Hoopla is surprisingly low. I thought it'd be a little higher. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is a comic book and the art matters. Yeah. But even the, um, like the lettering was a little fuzzy, so mm-hmm. I could tell the resolution was pretty low. But after the first chapter, I switched to the, the print oh, okay. myself. Yeah. Nice. Um, what'd you think? I liked it. I think at first I thought... I was like, oh, it feels like the dialogue's too, like, trying to be edgy, but I kind of got used to it, because I was like, oh, this is, like, an adult comic. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) that's the way it is. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really, I I really enjoyed it um, more than I thought that I would, just because I haven't really read a comic in a while, or really ever. I think the last one I read was for, like, the last show that I worked on, Um, and... Um, and I'm definitely like, okay, I think I'm going to read more of it. Cause it ended on a note where I was like, well, I have to know what's going to happen next. And then there were a couple <laughs> threads in there that I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like the, uh, like the will and the stock. Um, yeah. I was like, well, I want to know how these two people met. And I feel like they're leaving space for us to know what their former relationship was. Cause mm-hmm. I was pretty bummed that she... I guess, well, we can talk about spoilers, right? It's Yeah, we talk about spoilers yeah. all the time. <laughs> That's <laughs> part of our tagline. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty du- bummed that she died because I thought she... I loved her character design, by the way. I thought it, yeah. she was, like, such a cool-looking character. And, like, because she's kind of, like, this this spider-like woman, but you don't necessarily get that immediately. Like, she kind of looks like mm-hmm. this person with, like, eight eyes and no arms and topless and like a big skirt and you're like okay well that's interesting and then like she lifts up her skirt and you see her like spider body and I was like that's really cool (laughs) yeah it was yeah it was quite a reveal when she like because that is when um so the will and the stock are freelance mercenaries that get Mm -hmm. hired by the opposite sides but yeah the moon the wreath side yeah yeah um yeah, the Reed said because uh, Robot Prince Four is the one, right? 
we'll get mm-hmm. time to <laughs> um, get hired by uh, the Reed side to find them, kill Alana and Marco, and ideally keep Hazel alive. Hazel's the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we meet the stock, Alana and Marco have fallen asleep in the woods on um, the planet where they met, where they're like pre cleave cleave mm-hmm. um and they are awakened by hazel crying and they like can hear something in the woods and then you just see this panel of the stock and exactly described like the black skirt and like just the armless top and the eyes and you're just like uh <laughs> what is this and yeah. Especially because we had Marco mention a few times uh, something called the horrors, which mm-hmm. were um, these like horrible creatures in, that live on Cleve that do awful things like rip people's guts out and things like that. And because Cleve is one of the planets where they're waging war, so they don't know anything about the native population. Uh-huh. And so that's what they think it is. Um and then it turns out it's the stock. And when she does that reveal of her bottom half, where pretty much every leg has a weapon in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it turns out that obviously she's not one of the, quote, horrors. And it turns out that the horrors are actually just um, what they call the native population, which are these ghosts. or. Mm-hmm the ones that survive are these ghosts that kind of haunt the planet to protect it. And they have the ability to project any image to people. So Mm -hmm. they've been projecting these awful things to the two warring nations to essentially try and get them off the fucking planet. But they're like, nope, we're going to keep going. (laughs) Even though I saw, I think the stock says that she saw one of them pull a man's spine out of his urethra. Yeah. So they just they they make them the visions they give them are pretty horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, uh, so that was so that was definitely like I and then she ended up being killed by uh, Prince Robot and his crew, the stock. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, but well, that can't be the last that we see of like such a cool character like that, even if. I don't know if this is... I don't think it doesn't seem like the kind of story where people are resurrected, but at least it seems like the kind of story where you might be able to see people's paths. Pasts. Mm -hmm. Because I'm also really intrigued by... So, they're like... We don't fully know Marco and Alana. Is that her name? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Their their origin story, the two of them, but they kind of... The information, the intel that the two sides have is that, like, she was guarding... Like, he was, like, a prisoner of war, and she was guarding him at, like, a detention center... And then he he was, like, put in the detention center, and then 12 hours later, they disappeared together. So I'm like, well, we have to know what, what happens in those 12 hours, because it's not like, oh, she was guarding him for months and months and then fell in love with him. Um, or that would seem like what the typical story would be. So I'm very curious to know what happened in those 12 hours. I don't know if we ever will know, but it kind of feels like something that, I don't know, that they would tell us down the line what, what happened there. Yeah. Um, but it just seems it's, I thought it was a very good setup for intrigue. Like it, it felt like there are a lot of different paths of, of story to take. Um, and so I'm very, I'm very intrigued to read more and I definitely will read more. Yeah. I don't think I realized it was only 12 hours. 
I definitely thought it was longer than that. But yeah. that's the sort of detail that I would easily miss. <laughs> um, because I'm, I, as much as I love reading comics, I'm also a terrible comics reader in that I read them fast. Oh. Which, it's terrible if you're the artist, because you're like, but I usually reread them. So the second uh-huh. time around, I, I pay more attention to it as a whole. I like savor it, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially with like a, like I said, this is very... There was a lot of intrigue, so I was like, I want to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, kind of speeding yeah. through it a little bit. Uh, oh, character design. We're talking about that. Uh-huh. I thought the character designs were so good, just in general. Like, yeah. the stock obviously was amazing, but there was, like, the mercenary, the Will's agent. It's like a oh, seahorse yeah, the little seahorse person. Cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it just, it was so, it was all very different and inventive. And I think all the characters from when I was reading were designed by Fiona Staples. Yeah. So you clearly get an idea of like how her mind works, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, And like the, the Rethians, Rethers? I can't remember what they, what, which <laughs> word they use. Uh-huh. Um, are all kind of like ram humanoids so they have like the horns yeah and then all the landfallians have different kinds of wings yeah yeah which i thought they were they were all gonna be like one type of wing but no like some are like feathered wings some are like butterfly wings and that's true dragonfly, I didn't really... like, or different different kind of ones yeah. so it was i liked looking at it a lot yeah like, i thought, I thought it was, really it was beautiful. beautiful um yeah even and... during the killing yeah <laughs> it's really it's really fascinating because I don't really know anything about the world of comics and how that process works. And I, I got like a tiny glimpse into it because on the the last show that I worked on is based on a popular comic book character and a couple of the writers wrote comic books for this company. And so I, and they were in the process of doing some while we were in the room. And so I heard a little bit about like, oh, they write the script and, but I, I just don't know what that relationship is between like the artists and like I was kind of reading a little bit about the process of this one like you said uh like Fiona Staples gets to design the characters and and it's like it seems like a very interesting kind of collaboration and I was reading that like some of her character designs kind of influenced where Brian K. Vaughn took the story so um but even like when you read because I think I was like looking at the paper girls wikipedia and there was like a there was like the penciler is this person and the colorist is this person and and Mm -hmm. i was like i don't even know what any of that means (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a lot of hands um i mean i guess it depends the comic it could be all like one person or it could be a whole team of people but if you've ever seen like um giant silent bob strike back i have not so one of the characters in that is played by Jason Lee and it was originally introduced in Chasing Amy, but he is, or maybe it's in Chasing Amy that they talk about this, but he's an inker. Mm-hmm. And there's this kind of subsect of comic fans who think that the inker is just like, they're not talent. They're just, uh, <sighs> words are hard. <laughs> Essentially, I think the I think the line in the movie via Chase and Amy or Jane Sand Bob, I think it might be Chase and Amy now that the more I think about it. Mm-hmm. 
is that an inker is just a copier. They're just copying what's already like there. Oh, okay. Um, and so like the true art is the penciler. So uh-huh. like completely, <laughs> there are people who think like inkers are just like hired hands and don't have any real talent of their own or whatever. Uh-huh. But it's, 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 its own talent. <laughs> yeah. So um, is, is yeah. the idea that they're like, so the penciler, I'm assuming draws kind of like a sketch outline of it and then, or or do you know? Uh, no, my understanding is that the if there is a separate penciler and inker, mm-hmm. the penciler does draw it, but the inker is kind of like the final version, if you will. Like they make the clean version without any extra lines and stuff like okay. that. That's my understanding. Um, but my knowledge of comics is limited as well. But even, like, um, doing color work is its own talent. Like, not every artist is good with color. Yeah. Like, even just because I like making things about myself. I Color photography completely baffles me compared to black and white photography, uh-huh. for example. So, like, <laughs> I completely understand if, like, you hire someone who has a good sense of color. And yeah, yeah. I think there is a separate... Uh, I'm checking the book. Mm-hmm. To confirm. <laughs> okay, so there wasn't a separate uh, person who worked on colors. So it looks, I'm good. It looks like Fiona did the colors and the inking and all that, and they just hired someone else for lettering and design. Oh, okay. But yeah, there's some some people who like they just specialize in color. Yeah. For comics and stuff, and and you can tell the difference when you get like someone who's good at it and someone who hasn't. I thought the colors in this were, were great. Yeah. I really thought it was, like, it was very beautiful. And, and it kind of, I like the kind of otherworldly I'm in outer space feel that you got from it, too. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't, uh, I don't necessarily know how to describe it, but it felt like, oh, we're in outer space, and we're, like, in somewhere that's different than where I currently am, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. And I... Yeah, the world building in this felt very natural. Mm. And that is maybe one of my qualms with like very, tra- quote, traditional fantasy or sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Is that there's a lot of dry world building. Yeah. That you kind of have to like trudge through to get to like the actual story, right? Yeah. And so I appreciate when it's just more naturally incorporated like in something like this. Yeah. I, I like oh sorry go ahead mm-hmm. I was like because readers are smart like if you do it people will get it if you if they're not getting it then maybe what you're doing is just isn't working <laughs> yeah you know yeah um I I also thought when I was thinking about it last night um I was also thinking about the fact that you're kind of dropped in but not in a way necessarily where you're like ah oh, what's going on I'm confused like you start to pick up on things through dialogue, through the way it looks, and then there was a little bit where you got background, but it was it was also kind of like a nice, it was like through Hazel's narration, and it wasn't very long, mm-hmm. and, it, and it wasn't dry, like you said. I was also thinking about it, because I was, um, did I, already, I already mentioned this, but I, I'm watching season two of the His Dark Materials TV mm-hmm. show, um, and I was thinking about when I first read that book, and so, and when you, 
it's not the same thing, but it, you're kind of like dropped into this this other like alternate universe where it kind of sounds like our world, but he's like using different terms and stuff like that. And I remember when I was reading the book, I was like, I don't know what these words mean. Like, am I dumb? Like, I don't know what this is. And I was like Googling it and I wasn't finding it. And so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't quite realize that we were in like a world that's like ours, but just like a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, or maybe I just didn't understand the premise of the book. So I... <laughs> just didn't know but it was it kind of it just made me think of it just because I've been watching the tv show kind of just kind of being dropped in and not necessarily like having your hand held through like this world's yeah. different than ours in this way and that way um, yeah which I kind of appreciate yeah context does a lot like um even going back to House of Spirits the audiobook I listened to was in Spanish and while I speak Spanish doesn't mean I know the entire you know, Spanish language, and there'll mm-hmm. be words that I don't know. But when something's written well, the context will tell you what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you'll kind of do process of elimination, and you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I want from sci-fi or fantasy. It's like, if you put it in the right context, I will figure out what this is. Yeah. I don't yeah. need three pages explaining the, I don't know, political history of this and this which there's a little bit of that in saga just to but it was fairly short yeah yeah and even so i read 15 issues (laughs) okay (laughs) um because they were all there i just kind of kept going so sorry if i mention anything that happens in the later volumes but for Mm -hmm. example um we meet Prince Robot the Fourth, right? Mm-hmm. Who gets affectionately called Four by his wife, Princess Robot, a different number, ten. <laughs> no, that's someone else. That's a sister, um, um, or her sister. Who knows? <laughs> they have really cool character design too, where they have like this like kind of old style uh, TV head that like uh-huh. sometimes, at least with. Uh, prince robot because he's been at war he kind of gets like ptsd and when he does he'll have like sudden visions that come up on his screen Uh um, unwillingly yeah and that's actually how we're introduced to him he's having sex with his wife and like while they're having sex like a vision of the war just comes into his screen and he loses an erection and she's he's like you know that's the whole thing Mm -hmm. um god where was i going with this oh but we just we get the knowledge that these robot people just picked a side to fight with. Yeah. And they picked the, uh, they picked landfall to help. Yeah. But that was it. And like, even like, as you hear Prince Robot go through, um, because they eventually have him go search for Marco and Alana for the landfall, um, folks. Mm hmm while the will is doing the same for wreath um like just by what he says without well they don't really believe in this war they're just doing it for hire and (laughs) by golly it's just like you you get the context um he just by him saying like maybe we picked the wrong side it's like he truly doesn't care yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) he's just doing it because it's it's the job that he has yeah um, but Prince Robot is a cool design. Um, yeah. 
I don't like him as a character. And I like how he finds out that he's having a, a child when he's taking a shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like little, I thought it was a funny book. Like, it made me laugh yeah. on multiple occasions. <laughs> and that was one of them. Um, he's just taking a shit, reading this romance novel that Alana and Marco read together. Yeah. Um, which he thinks holds the secrets to where where they're going and how, how they ended up um, partnering up. But... Yeah, just just things like that I, I found enjoyable. Yeah, and then other things were very disturbing. It's 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 the whole range of emotions. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. The there was some interesting stuff when the will goes to Sextilian. Is, is that how you say? Oh, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where it was one of those things where like this is awful, but I thought the design of I think her name was like Miss Sun or Mama Sun was like oh Mama Sun pretty yeah. cool, but I was like this is a very terrible person. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, her character design was 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 pretty cool. Yeah, the there was a lot of cool characters designed in Sextilian. Yeah, um, the so the first page of that issue when he is actually. That's actually arrived at Sextillion is those the, those two greeters, right? Though yeah. I they are these like, heads like feminine heads with these fishnet covered and heel wearing legs, and that's yeah. it. There's no yeah. in between, and the heads are huge. And when I turned the page and saw that, I really I, I genuinely went, ah, nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um and that that gave me one of there are a couple of good Lion Cat moments who Lion Cat is the Will's partner who yeah. um, all he does is he can say lying if someone is lying. Um, I want one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one of uh, a funny Lion Cat moment where they tell the Will that Lion Cat can come in. Um, that if he wants to fuck an animal, there are other animals to fuck in Textilian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, and so, and he can't bring his weapons in. And so he asked Lion Cat, since you're going back to the ship, can you take my whip- weapons anyway? And, and you can see Lion Cat's just like, ugh. Yeah. And as he's walking away, the will yells out, um, you probably wouldn't have had fun anyway. And Lion Cat just goes, lying. <laughs> and it was just, a funny moment. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was um, a sweet moment with Lion Cat later with... Uh, oh, did that happen in the first six issues? Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me check, because it was a sweet moment, but if it, it was later on, then I'll... I won't talk about it, because I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> but... Right there, Sextillion. Oh yeah, and the guy with like all the teeth and like the fins. Oh this yeah, guy? the one that he oh, yeah, kills. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. That was quite something. He looked like the kind of guy that would be doing the job that he was doing. Yeah, he looked like the kind of guy who would uh, make children into yeah sex slaves. <laughs> sex slaves. Yeah. But like the way that the whale just like crushed his head and one of those like, oh wow. 
And there's a lot of that with, like, the violence in general. <laughs> yeah, I, I was also like, I can't tell if the will is just very strong or if that guy's head was just very poppable. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, it could be a little bit of both, because he looked like a, like a fish kind of person. Yeah. So maybe his bones were a little fragile. Yeah, maybe. Um, oh, we haven't even talked about Isabel, the ghost. I, I know. Cool. I was gonna say that I I really liked I liked the idea of teen ghosts trying to uh, to Babysit. help rid the their planet of an outsourced war <laughs> and the <laughs> and the babysitter thing because I was wasn't fully sure what what that meant when she was like I'm going to uh, I can't remember the exact word right now was she like fusing with her soul or, or something like that with the baby oh, soul oh bond she bond. had to bond with something physical to be able to leave the planet which is what the deal was right. she would help them if um they would help her get off the planet cuz she didn't want to be there anymore yeah um um but i i thought she was a cool fun character very like felt like a teenager especially when they yeah. were like leaving the planet and and Marco was like, do you want to take one last look? And she was like, honestly, I think it's really lame when people are super attached to their homes. <laughs> but yeah, hometown, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and she had a cool design, too, because, um, as we learned, she stepped on a landmine. Like, she wasn't a fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so she doesn't know, essentially, which side of the war killed her. And she kind of doesn't care yeah. either way. Um, but so she only has half... A spectral body and like the the bottom half is just like guts coming out. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's her sneaky. insides hanging. <laughs> I was half expecting like her legs to show up <laughs> as a separate ghost. And she'd be like, "Ugh, yeah. can't believe they keep following me around." <laughs> Which would have been kind of funny. That would have been very funny. Um, I also really loved the the rocket ship because first I was really expecting it to just be like trees with rockets hanging off of it like fruit and I was like I don't know how I feel mm. about that but <laughs> but I um I loved the like kind of tree like design of these rocket ships and mm-hmm. they seemed big and expansive and pretty cool because they had like cool showers inside and and it just seemed yeah. like a, a nice place to be trying to escape your galaxy or whatever yeah it was very TARDIS like how it's like bigger on the inside for sure and even yeah. how like the little detail about how the the tree just goes yeah. forever. Yeah. And if it likes you, then maybe it'll take a suggestion, but yeah. You have to like earn its trust. Yeah, I like that. It's pretty too. cool. Yeah. I yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm like is this is this me finally getting into comics? <laughs> yeah. Is this going to open like a whole new world for me? <laughs> um look, comics are for everybody. You just have to find the right one. It's like yeah. saying you don't like movies or books. Yeah. <laughs> that is that's silly because there's so many movies and there's so many books yeah and you said you used to read archie right so at some point you liked comics. i did yeah and i kind of forgot about that that i had um and also i've been meaning to revisit watchmen at some point which mm. mm-hmm. uh i did not understand when i first read it <laughs> i don't think no yeah <laughs> i i was definitely one of those people too because i i read it before the movie came out mm-hmm and because there's so many, not homages, but it's definitely a, um, a response, I guess, to like superhero comics, right? Mm-hmm. 
or uh, I think it's supposed to, yeah deconstruction almost. Uh huh. And since I don't read superhero comics, I feel like I I lost a lot of that. Yeah. Information, but maybe my knowledge of it is a little more just because I've asked people. But yeah, that's one I'd like to read again too. Yeah, because I watched the the HBO show last year, which was really good, and mm-hmm. it was kind of like a a continuation of the story in a way. Um, and it was really like, and watching the TV show, I I didn't remember Watchmen that well, so it wasn't like I was coming at it from with a lot of knowledge of the original graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were definitely things I'm sure that kind of went over my head in terms of references to the original material. Um, so I'm just kind of curious to read it for that reason too. Um, and just cause I think they did something interesting and in not just like straight up adapting it and, and kind of like doing a different story within that world and a continuation down the timeline away from the original story or whatever. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd heard good things about the, the HBO show and specifically about how they didn't just try to remake it, that they mm-hmm. just built off the existing material. Yeah. Which is cool. That's, and that was something interesting that I found, uh, or reading this, uh, reading this comic and reading about the comic is that Brian K. Vaughn had it built into his contract with the with the publisher that it would not ever be adapted in any other kind of way. Um, yeah. Not TV, not movie, not anything like that, which I think it's very interesting just because I do think we're, I feel, I don't know if this is true to say, but I feel like now more than ever, we're kind of like in the age of like, adapt this, adapt that. And it's not a bad mm-hmm. thing because I'm also working on another show that's an adaptation of yeah. <laughs> You're like, it has uh, given me several paychecks. <laughs> <laughs> and I think an adaptation is a really interesting way to engage with material. It's like, it's almost like, it's almost like fan fiction. It's just that someone's paying you to do it, kind of. Mm-hmm. Not really, because you're, it, to me, it's like a form of fan fiction in a way, because you're taking the material and you're kind of doing what you want with it, or you're taking it and just copying it and putting it on screen. Uh, so maybe that's not the right way to put it. But anyway, my point <laughs> being that it's that it's interesting to have to have something that just exists in this one medium and and in your imagination and nowhere else. Because mm-hmm. I also feel like a lot of there's a couple, at least maybe just one, one or two YA books that I've read recently where they already had they already had. Uh, deals with studios before they even came out um which is it's kind of interesting and a little bit weird to me but i don't really know much about it but yeah yeah i've heard a little bit about that like the how people bid for options for a book just based on hype yeah which is just bizarre yeah and it almost feels like and I don't know how the author feels about this. They're probably like, yay, more money. But <laughs> uh, it almost feels like pressure to create something that can also exist on screen. But I don't mm-hmm. know if that's how an author would feel. They're probably just like, oh, I'm writing my book. And then whoever does this later can do what they want with it. But 
Which is what they sometimes do anyway. Like, sometimes you watch an adaptation and something like, why did you even call it an adaptation? Yeah. Like, this is not at all yeah. this story. related. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like 10% of it, which I think is like the bare minimum you have to do to be able to call it an adaptation, right? Yeah. Kind of like, based on a real story, has to be yeah. a certain percentage of reality. <laughs> and it's very low. <laughs> Yeah, and it's kind of like, why didn't you just write your own original story? <laughs> but I, because I read this book that I wasn't super in love with it now. Of course, I can't remember what it's called. Damn. But one is called uh, Who Fears Death? And that was one in the beginning of my, like, finding black female writers uh, who wrote fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other one, wow, I can't remember what it was called. Maybe you've seen the cover. It's, like, black and this this, this dark-skinned woman with bright white hair and uh no but that was one too that I think before it was even published it already had like a it had already been optioned for adaptation Mm -hmm. but interesting yeah yeah I obviously I didn't do much research (laughs) so I I didn't know that um it was part of the contract that it couldn't be adapted yeah because that's what my partner were actually talking about yesterday where I was like I'm kind of surprised they haven't announced that they're going to make this because it really feels like something that someone would be like, oh, this would be such a great, like, epic. And especially yeah. um, with, like, the success of, like, The Mandalorian, I'm sure there's people who, like, are so mad that they can't take Saga and <laughs> yeah. make it into a TV show. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and you can't... And I can see it. Like, I can see this being very cinematic and mm-hmm. and work, but... But that's because the book itself is very cinematic. Like, mm-hmm. the book does what the movie would be doing. Yeah. So, it's... Yeah. Yeah. And and I think... It seems like he's done that with other books of his. I can't remember which particular ones. I mean, obviously, Paper Girls is one that's in the process of happening. And then mm-hmm. I think there were other older comic books of his. And he's also written for TV in the past. Like, he uh, was on Lost for a couple seasons, and I think he ran a show that, what's it called, Under the Dome? Like, as a, a Stephen King novel. Oh, okay. That he was, like, the showrunner for the adaptation of that. Um, so, yeah. So I, because I, I, I'm sure it probably comes a little bit from those experiences of being like, well, maybe I just want this to just be here and not anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. In many ways, it it would. I don't know if the character designs would would uh, translate well. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Did you like? They would do. If they were to adapt it, it'd probably be, like, mostly CGI, which is already not my favorite form of anything. Yeah. But doing, like, practical puppets for so many different styles of creatures would be very expensive. and Yeah. Like, even, like, Prince Robot, like, I feel like that'd be tough. I could, I could see Prince Robot in, like, a gorilla's video, if that makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. I can see that. It almost yeah. makes me think that it would, if it were to be adapted, it would have to be animated to mm-hmm. like fully capture it. So you don't have to have like 90% uh, CGI with like one guy with horns on his head and one lady with like 
yeah. wings taped to her back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, that would be expensive because you'd have to pay all the animators. Yeah. But, I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about most comic book adaptations, that I feel it's making live action is hard. It is. So, it's, yeah. I, I, I would prefer if all comic book adaptations were animated. There's this other comic I like called The Goon, which it's uh, one day I believe it will actually become a movie. Like they have the, what's it called when they make like the rough sketchy version to kind of sell to uh, folks when they're making the pitch. Like it's storyboarded or something? Kind like of. Okay. But there's like a different word because it's actually put together I think I like know a what fake you mean, movie. but I don't know anything about animation, so... Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a word for it. But they had a Kickstarter, like... I think I was in college. I think uh-huh. it was literally the first Kickstarter I supported. Like, this oh. is how, how old it is. <laughs> Essentially, to make this rough-cut storyboard board. Storyboard <laughs> version of the movie to mm-hmm. help pitch to folks. Uh-huh. But, like, that was at least 10 years ago at this point. And at that time, it felt like the world wasn't ready for adult comic book or adult animation, right? Yeah. But, like, since then, the studio that um, they were working with is Blur, and they did, like, the Deadpool stuff, and they've done a few other things. Oh, okay, yeah. So there's, like, hope that maybe that means that the good will get the green light at some point. Yeah. And, like... Paul Giamatti was involved as one of the voices, and nice. they have, like, a short little, like, fully animated tiny short bit clip, which mm-hmm. it looks so good, and it is it is CGI animation, but I think it works mm-hmm. very well to the style of the comic. So I just want comic book adaptations to be animated always. Yeah, because I wonder if that's the... if that's one of the things... Because adult animation is not very mainstream popular, at least not in the sense of, like, features and stuff. Like, there are some TV shows that mm-hmm. that I think have gained... I mean, there's, like, I guess The Simpsons has existed for forever, and, like, Family Guy, Archer, and there's a lot more that I'm sure I don't even know about. Yeah, like, BoJack and Tuca and Birdie are, like, yeah. I think, really good examples of A-plus adult animation right now. yeah. But it seems like in the feature world, that's not really, it hasn't really, like, broken mainstream. It seems like an indie thing, because I don't know if you, this isn't, I mean, this is, uh, uh, I guess it was puppet work? What do you call it? I can't even remember. What do you call that? Stop motion, I mean? Uh, uh-huh. Did you ever see the movie, oh, I'm going to forget what it's called, An- Anomalisa or something like that? No. That doesn't ring a bell. Okay, I also might be saying it wrong. But I think it was a Charlie Kaufman movie. But it's also, like, very artsy-fartsy, and I think I had to go to, like, the, like, indie theater to go watch it. So Yeah, Yeah. so I do think... And then then there was that movie that I think was nominated for Oscar that was, like, the the Island of Dogs. Oh, Oh, no, I can't That was... Yeah. The Isle of Dogs, the... Yeah. Wes Anderson movie that I didn't really like. Yeah, I actually didn't see it. But I <laughs> but I feel like those like movies for adults that are animated are usually like, oh, you have to go to the special theater to watch this indie movie and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I see what you mean. Yeah. And like Persepolis, I think, was technically a smaller movie, too. It didn't get like a wide release until after it won. And I'm trying to think. The only, there's that Sausage Party movie. Oh, yeah. I never saw that. <laughs> I didn't either because it looked stupid. I'm like, this is not what I meant when I said I want more adult animated movies. Because with uh, Japanese animation, like, that's not a problem. There's definitely yeah, animated movies meant for an older audience or a more yeah. quote, sophisticated audience. So, but something about the States, like, animation and comic books, too, are still seen as very juvenile. Yeah, that's even what though, I was like, say. Yeah, like, even though, like, the movies that make the most money right now are superhero movies and superhero movies are based on comic book characters so sure (laughs) it is only for children Um, it it really is it does seem like it's i'm sure it's it's also a culture thing because obviously american and japanese culture are very different but it seems like animation is just more built into the culture there and it seems like there's like I, I'm not gonna act like I know much about Japanese culture and anime and stuff like that, but it yeah. just seems like there's more. Yeah, it just seems like in America, it's like that's for kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, granted, our animation studios have all been geared towards children, for the most part. Like yeah, Disney, DreamWorks, even the Don Blue Studio when that was around, and like. I guess when those studios did try to do... I feel like we've just gone on a completely different tangent, but I don't care as much as I want to talk about it. <laughs> um, like, when those studios did try to make darker stuff, like, what's the, the Dark Age of Disney, for example, was, like, the Dark mm. Crystal and um, the Black Cauldron, that kind of stuff. It didn't do well. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they took that risk, and they're like, well, we care about making money, and this is yeah. not making money, so let's go back to, uh, let's make Little Mermaid. Yeah. And <laughs> go back to making that sweet, sweet cash. Yeah. And then uh, still say that somehow we don't have enough money to pay our employees, so we have to lay them <laughs> off during the pandemic. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, so it, it's just not built yet. Yeah, but I feel like we're getting there. I think the TV shows are like the gateway, if you will. I think so. It'll almost be like the opposite of well, this is not the right way to put it at all, but almost like how all the movie actors are doing prestige TV shows. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. like once because like TV became prestigious, so once yeah, uh, like adult animation becomes prestigious in some way, then everyone will be like, well, we got to make our animated. TV or movie for adults, like we just we gotta do it. Yeah. I think once one movie does really well and makes a lot of money, and and the Oscars are like ooh, then people will be like, okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is annoying, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm still hoping for the Goon. I don't know. I guess you could say the Goon isn't for everybody, but I think it would be a fun movie, and. Proof of concept. I think that's what the clip is called. The oh, fully animated okay. ones. The proof of concept clip. Oh, okay. Which I can I can send you after if you want to watch it. Yeah. Maybe I'll I've link it in the, the blog post if this makes it into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I really think it would work because the goon is a comic. It's in some ways similar to Saga, where it 
covers a lot of emotions. Like it really started out very more based in humor and, you know, we're going to go kill these zombies kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of the earlier books, like you'll read it, like this doesn't quite hold up as much, but mm-hmm. it, times have changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then as Eric Powell wrote more, like he like then took, I think like a year or two where he wasn't doing the monthly issues. God, I'm probably remembering this wrong. <laughs> so he could, or like, or he switched to focus on like this one particular story, which was like a very serious story. Like it was drama, not like as much humor as the rest of the book had been. Mm-hmm. And it did really well because it was very well done and very well written. It's called mm-hmm. um, Chinatown because it happens in like everything. Something always happens in Chinatown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very, it's a very like, comic that's seated in like noir tropes and stuff so it made sense Mm -hmm. um so i think when when there's a lot there (laughs) yeah i think it could be done well so we'll see i don't know it might happen um i think it is kind of cool that saga will only ever be a comic yeah i i i appreciate that because yeah, it's just it's just like I said before. It's just really interesting to to write something and then already have in mind that it's going to end up on screen someday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I I appreciate that he was like, this is the only medium that I want this to exist in. Um, and he was saying that it, it's Image Comics that it's with, right? Mm-hmm. That they're yeah. the only ones who were willing to like give him that kind of that level of creative control and. And ownership of his material and and yeah mm-hmm. I just I thought that was I thought it was just a cool little tidbit yeah yeah like earlier you mentioned about how when things are getting optioned for movies before they're even out if that affects how it's written and I definitely know like of a few books that were written with the complete idea that I want this to be a movie like yeah. um the Graduate, that book. Oh, like the old, like Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, like movie? the Dustin Hoffman oh. movie. <laughs> uh huh. Um, from what I understand, the the guy who wrote that book wrote it thinking, "I want this to be a movie," and when you <laughs> read it, you can kind of tell. Oh really? Like it's not a great book. <laughs> uh-huh. It's 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 yeah. I had to read it in kind of like a, a uh book to film class and so that was one of the ones we had to read and okay and that was one of the few where that was part of the discussion of like this is what the guy wanted like yeah. he wanted to make a movie so he wrote a book because he thought that would be easier than trying to sell a script oh because like i was like why didn't he just write a script that's really interesting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then one of my favorite authors is this guy walter i say tevis i might be tevis but i'll stick with tevis mm-hmm. who Recently, um, my favorite book of his got adapted by Netflix, which is The Queen's Gambit. Oh. But he also wrote The Hustler, which was made into a Paul Newman movie okay. in the 60s. Okay. And then in the 80s, he was broke. And he was like, well, I could always write a sequel to The Hustler because I know that will get sold. And that's what he did. And the <laughs> book isn't great. Uh-huh. Like, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was yeah. like, I will write it so that they can buy it and then they can make a movie and then they made the movie 
which I've never seen, but I hear is actually good. Oh, okay. But the book, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. And it's funny because to me, I'm like, this is a, a recent thing, but obviously they've been adapting books for a very long time, like adapting books to screen. So pretty much since the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just think of like Maltese Falcon. The earliest. Which I've never seen the movie. There's a movie of that, right? Neither. Maltese Falcon? Yeah. Yeah, that's a movie. Oh, okay. I've read the book for a class. So, yeah, that's that's silly of me to... Th- I think because I think cause so many, like... It feels very present of mine because so many, like, kind of... Pre- not necessarily prestigious, but, like, big-name TV shows, like Big Little Lies was, like, based on a book. And, mm-hmm. and, and so many... And a lot of times, like, some... Not a lot of times, but sometimes, like, in more recent times, more, like book adaptations have been big like Oscar movies and stuff like that so I think that's why it feels like it's recent but of course it's not it's existed (laughs) I'm sure as long as film has existed yeah well if I if I'm remembering my film lore correctly Nosferatu isn't a Dracula movie because Dracula was still under copyright oh interesting (laughs) yeah so and that was what 1920s or 30s or something right so. I'm just talking out of my ass. <laughs> no, but I, I, I do know what you mean, because there's a lot of movies that you watch it, and, like, either because we're not paying attention to the credits or whatever, we just don't think it's going to be based on a book. Like, I never in my life would have thought that The Godfather was based on a fucking book. Oh, yeah, Until my mother that. told me. Yeah. Because she, she loves the, she loves the, the two Godfather books. Uh-huh. And she thinks she, that the two movies, the first two third one doesn't count because that one was not based on a book so she discounts it mm-hmm. they said that, that they did a good job of sticking to the material which is her big thing and yeah. if anything changes she's like that was stupid <laughs> which sometimes it is stupid but sometimes it makes it better yeah yeah um yeah. that's really that's yeah it's I think one time a couple of years ago, I just hadn't read for a while, so I asked my friend to recommend some books to me, and so I went to the bookstore and I bought them, and then I was like looking them both up later, and I was like, oh, these are both movies already, or or going to be movies. One was Gone Girl, and I was like, oh, they're about to adapt this into a movie, and then the other was Never Let Me Go, which I haven't seen the movie yet, but uh, I think it, the movie had Kira Knightley in it or something like that. But, Is it the other uh, Dog Girl? A Dog Girl? Is that what you said the first one was? Gone Girl. Like, woof. Oh, Gone Girl. <laughs> I was like, dog, like, woof, woof. <laughs> uh, I'm stupid sometimes. Um, okay, Gone Girl, yes. Mm-hmm. That, uh, which we did an episode on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, yes. Lots of, lots yeah. of adaptations of things, but... Uh, but yeah, yeah, I and mean, it's, it's, it's intriguing, and, uh, well, yeah, I don't know, it's, I don't know if Paper, is Paper Girls, did that come up, do you know if it came up before Saga? Uh, that was after. Oh, okay. I believe. Oh, okay. But I yeah, think. it's, it's, uh, I know I've said it a thousand times, but it's, it's just interesting that, that he was like, no, this is just for this, and <laughs> not for other things. <laughs> see uh paper girls started in 
Yeah, 2015. So it was after and so Saga is on a break right now, right? For the last couple of years? Uh, I thought it was done, but is it just a break? I think that's what I read, that it was on a break and that he had... However many issues are out now, he plans on making that number again for the next half of the story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. Went on hiatus uh, about two years ago. Yeah. Okay. That must be frustrating. <laughs> Good to know, because yeah. I was fully expecting it to be like, these are all the issues. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, I let me, um, uh-huh. I, I can still hear. Okay. I'm going to grab something. Um, I was going to say that um, I was also reading that he, if the books weren't successful, he was going to have them die in issue five, uh, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah. Might as well have an ending. Yeah. <laughs> so, as I mentioned, uh, there's a lot of... There are a couple saga covers mm-hmm. hanging on the wall, right? And I made a... You haven't even met this character yet, but I hope you it will make you excited to meet this character as you continue to read uh-huh. Saga. Uh, but this is... I made this for my partner for... Aww. <laughs> And I'll take a picture so so we can post it. Yeah. This little guy. Super cute. <laughs> and if oh. I may uh, toot my own horn, mm-hmm. I would say that uh, this guy's cuter than the official version. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited this to old... meet this character. Yeah, his little red jammies. Adorable. <laughs> I haven't actually seen the red jammies in the book yet. Uh-huh. I haven't gotten there. So, I still need to make his, his introductory outfit, which is also very cute. Nice. So, this is what you have to look forward to. Yay! <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh... no, the saga's great, and we'll definitely keep reading it. I will. I'm pretty sure I will. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, this is this might be the tipping point to get you to read more comics. I hope so. And they get in my brain. Just think about how uh, fast you read it compared to, you know, prose. (laughs) (laughs) It's also very satisfying. Yeah. So. Very. Get those uh, Goodreads numbers up. I know. I'm like, can I maybe (laughs) get my 12 books by the end of this year? Thanks for getting around to listening to this episode. If you have a thing you'd like to suggest, you can send us an email at ohyeahthatthing at gmail.com or use the contact form on our website. Link in the description. We're at ohyeahthatthing on both Instagram and Twitter, so follow us there if you want to see what things we check out between episodes. Though I think every time I do this, I say we don't really use it anyway, but, you know, maybe we will. Uh, (laughs) Logo art and design by Rolla and theme song by Kate. We'll have links to their socials in the description as well. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Okay, bye! Bye! Recording. Get all these out.